Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Radio, the Puck Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I'm joined not by one, but by two wonderful co-hosts tonight. First up, we have the wonderful Doug Leeson back again. Doug, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. It's, uh, this was a much shorter break between podcasts than the last one. <laughs> yeah, last time we had, what, uh, three years in between episodes, I think it was, something like that? About two and a half years. We cut that down to like four days. So that's, you know what, good work, Nick. That's well done on our part. Also joining Doug and I today, I realize I said tonight before, it's one o'clock in the afternoon for me. It's definitely not tonight. Uh, but also joining Doug and I today in his inaugural appearance on the podcast is one of our brand new writers here on RoarLionsRoar.com, and that's Mr. Jacob Cheris. Jacob, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Uh, it I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk some college hockey. Yeah. So, Jacob, do you want to just take a couple seconds real quick? Just tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, I'm a sophomore majoring in broadcast journalism. I am from Gaithersburg, Maryland. So, I'm a huge, huge Washington Capitals fan, D.C. sports fan, but mostly Caps. And uh, last year, I was in, introduced into the college hockey world watching Penn State, and I loved it. And I'm starting to follow the other teams, and I know, you know, the strengths and weaknesses uh, mostly in the Big Ten, not really the other conferences. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to another season of college hockey. And we'll try our hardest not to hold the fact that he's a Caps fan against him too much. <laughs> now, Jacob, uh-huh. I'm sure you know this, and those of you who listen to the podcast know this, but last week Doug and I did a podcast, just a general season preview, uh, pulled, off, pulled some hot takes out and just generally gave a little update on where the team's at. Uh, but Jacob, you weren't on that podcast, so – is there anything that you, any opinions you want to add about this team kind of looking forward, like maybe specifically about the goalie situation or about your boy, uh, Arnie Talvidier? Yeah, I mean, goaltending is the, by far the biggest question mark going into this team. Look, Peyton, Peyton Jones is irreplaceable. There's no question about it. He, he led the program in. Save percentage, goals against, wins, games appeared. That's irreplaceable, and that's gone now. So the likely starter is probably going to be Oscar Audio. Look, Guy Gadowski is an excellent coach, but I think the one mistake that he did was he didn't play Audio more. He only played in five games, and he posted a 9, 930 save percentage and a 1.87 goals against. Those are excellent numbers, but again, that's only through five games appeared. And then you also have Liam Solier, who's a freshman coming in, who does have a lot of hype around him. He was injured at the start of last season in the BCHL, but in 1819, he was a CCHL goalie of the year. So I think it's going to be more of a 1A, 1B type of goaltender tandem, but this is by far the biggest question for the Nittany Lions this season. I like the way you said that because it made it sound like he actually played in the year 1819 and he's been around for quite a long time. So I'm going to choose to believe that he's uh, around 200 years old. That's great. Um, (laughs) So yeah, like I said, that thanks for thanks for uh, letting us know all that, Jacob. Uh, like I said, if you missed that preview podcast, you can find that on the feed as well. Uh, you can add Jacob's thoughts in with all of the thoughts that Doug and I had already. Uh, but we're here to talk about something a little bit different today because we're here to talk about an actual hockey game. It's not theoretical anymore. It is actually we're recording this on a Tuesday. It is two days away, and of course. Who else would the season be starting against other than our good friends over in Minneapolis, the Golden Gophers? Game one is set for uh, Thursday the 19th 
an 8.30 p.m. Eastern puck drop. Game two set for Saturday, or sorry, a Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Uh, both games are odd amazingly and awesomely going to be broadcast on the big 10 network as are uh, all of big Ten, all of penn states um which all of all of penn state's first four games so that's awesome um and just just uh i realized I'm, as i'm looking at our little schedule here i'm going out of order so we will talk about what's already happened in the big 10 uh towards the end of this but let's start with talking about penn state because that's you know that's why we're here uh penn state Obviously, we know they had a great season last year, but they did something that I'm not sure they've ever done, and that was nearly sweep the Gophers a year ago. They went 3-0-1 against Minnesota, and even that one tie, they actually won the game in overtime on an Alex Lamoge goal. So really, in my mind, they went 4-0. Minnesota last year, though, wasn't their strongest year. 16-14-7 overall, and that included 9-8-7 in the conference. That's just not the type of year we're accustomed to seeing from the Gophers, but their whole team is back. Uh, Doug, what can you tell me about what we should expect from Minnesota, especially their offense? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right in that. I think Minnesota has been the program that what's this year six or seven of Penn state D one hockey. I think Minnesota more than any other team in the big 10 Penn state has struggled against maybe outside of Notre Dame, but they were a, a late addition to the conference. So going last year 3-0-1 against Minnesota, that's a big deal. But as you said, Minnesota had some issues last year. But as in most college sports, it's all about kind of building up to uh, seeing how good your team can be once all your talent is – once they're all veterans. So Minnesota had a young team last year. They lost not really anything. All six of their top scores, top six scores are coming back. The entire defense minus one blue liners coming back and all three of their goalies, including the uh, starting goalie from last year, Jack LaFontaine. Jack LaFontaine. I think he's actually been the goalie for a couple years. So they're scoring coming back. They had no real studs uh, up front last year. I think their leading scorer had 30 points. Yes, Samuel Walker had 30 points in 37 games. So they don't have a number one guy, at least based on what we saw last year. They don't have a number one guy who can score at the rate of, a, of an Alex Limoges or like some older players we saw that left Penn State last year, like a Susie's, like a Liam Folks. They didn't have any of those guys, but you'd, you'd think that pretty much all of their forwards would be able to take a step forward, seeing that they had a lot of playing time last year. They're going to be in the same spots in the lineup this year. Um, they've all known each other for such a long time now, so I think their offense is going to be pretty solid. Awesome. And thank you, Doug, for not being at all phased by the fact that I just completely threw our schedule for this podcast out of whack. I appreciate it. Uh, Jacob, this, I'm going to go to you for this one because uh, Doug and I both, we were a little bit out of the loop last year when it comes to the hockey team. And last year, you, that was your introduction to the team. Do you have any sort of insights as to why Penn State played so well against Minnesota last year? Well, you know what? Minnesota was hot down the stretch like they got off to a really slow start that's what the weird thing about big 10 hockey that i noticed is that you have one team at the top and one team at the bottom last year was penn state and wisconsin wisconsin was at the bottom and then it's a track meet in the middle and minnesota they almost won the big 10 last year because of how hot they were down the stretch they had 11 freshmen at the start of the year and then they just they took off so i could it could happen for penn state but I, st I still have a lot of questions about the, the forward depth, the center depth. So, you know what? F 
since Minnesota's a fast team, Penn State needs to keep them to the outside. And I think what's led to Penn State's success, especially in the past, is that they've had experience and they've had the good goaltending because Jones, Peyton Jones was a much better goalie than Jack LaFontaine. But obviously now Jones is gone. So I don't know. It, it, it's kind of tough to tell now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I kind of okay. forgot your question, but I no, was just no. rambling a bit. Hey, it's it's a podcast. We're here to ramble. That's what we yeah. do. Uh, so, Doug, you had mentioned that you, you kind of ran down some of the Minnesota, kind of some of their best players. We talked about Samuel Walker. What do they have in terms of NHL draftees? Because this is usually a team that has a fair amount. Exactly. This is this is an area that I've thought for a couple of years now. You know, I really hoped Penn State would be able to to catch up um, to pretty much everybody else in the Big Ten, maybe outside of. Ohio State and probably Michigan State that seems like everybody else, their whole team is NHL draft picks. So for Minnesota, two out of three of their goalies have been drafted, five out of 10 defensemen and only five out of 14 forwards. But, and I don't know um, the NHL connections off the top of my head, but I'm sure that's more than what Penn State has. So uh, Samuel Walker, Brandon McManus and Ben Myers are some veterans on Minnesota who, who have put up some points in the past. Uh, their sophomore defenseman, Ryan Johnson, he was a first-year pick in uh, – or first-round pick in 2019 by the Sabres. And then Jack LaFontaine was a pretty early draft pick. He's been the starter for a while now. But uh, they have a lot of NHL connections, and Minnesota is, you know, one of the most historic programs in college hockey. So they have a lot of um, – I mean, a lot of history, a lot of uh, success getting guys to come to school and go to the NHL. And that looks like that might continue with the talent on this team. Call it the state of hockey for a reason. That's right. <laughs> Not to the derail the conversation too much here, but just on the note of Penn State and NHL draftees, I mean, why do you, why do you think it is that Penn State seems to lag behind most of, if not the rest of the conference? Because, I mean, they've they clearly have the talent to play with the rest of the conference. Penn State has been one of the better teams in the Big Ten for several years now, but they don't have that same success with in terms of NHL draft picks that you're talking about. I mean, is that just something that, I mean, they are still a relatively young program in terms of being a division one program. Is, is it really just that, or is it, is there some other reason do you think that we're not seeing more uh, Penn Staters get drafted? I think the youth is a big part of it, but my theory, and this might not have any weight, but my, my theory is that a big part of getting those recruits to come to Penn state has to do with, those recruits having seen Penn State players go on to the NHL before, which they just haven't. So, for example, you know, if a, if a college hockey recruit is picking between Michigan and Penn State, they think they might have an NHL future. Look at Michigan. They developed a couple guys. Uh, um, Kyle Connor is one who, who's been a pretty good player for the Winnipeg Jets. They've seen it happen before where Penn State, is there any evidence that Godowski has developed guys into be NHL stars? The program has evolved. Players who have gone through the NHL, there's one player who scored a goal in the NHL, Casey Bailey. The team has, has one goal. So I think that's probably it. Once, at some point, somebody from some Nittany Lion breaks through, if that's, if that's Talvitia, if that's somebody else, if they can break into the NHL, get some games, get some points, I think then maybe some more recruits with NHL connections will, will come to Penn State. By God, that's Cole Holtz's music. <laughs> there you go. Cole Holtz might be the guy, too. Cole Holtz or Evan Barrett might be the guy uh, to break through and into an NHL roster because I think Barrett is 
highest is the highest draft pick. He was, he was a third round pick. Is that the highest Penn State has drafted? That's correct. Yeah, and they have uh, Clayton Phillips was a second round pick, but he was a transfer. So Evan Barrett yeah. is the highest drafted uh, homegrown Penn State guy. Yeah, I think Barrett can be a good NHL player for the Hawks if he stays disciplined. He has excellent hands. He's a creative player, but he has gotten some penalty trouble. He did a lot last year. As lo- as long as his as long as he doesn't become so disciplined that he removes the right. looking at the other guy in the penalty box and crying at him. If that Doing goes away, baby face. If that, that goes yeah. away, oh, yeah, I would I be heartbroken. <laughs> I would be heartbroken because that was just the absolute best. And who did he nail? Ryan Ryan Lindgren. I wasn't a student here, but I heard That's about right, that. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah Lindgren. Lindgren yeah. plays for the Rangers now. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think what I think. The full, and I, I might be making this up, but this is, I think, somewhat close to the truth. I think that night or maybe that weekend, Barrett blew up Lindgren, did the whole crybaby face, got out of the penalty box and scored a goal. And like that night or, or the next day or something, Lindgren got traded <laughs> by the wild maybe. And then they traded his rights to the Rangers. The full story. I just love that. So that alone should earn Barrett a spot on an NHL roster. Seriously. Uh, to flip it back to Minnesota a bit here. Sorry for the off track, but I think there's something worth talking about. Uh, Jacob, I want to talk a little bit more about Jack LaFontaine because I, from what I, from what I can tell, I mean, he's, he's the backbone of this team. And I think if Minnesota does what, you know, what Minnesota is accustomed to doing in the big 10, it's going to start with him. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no question about it. He kept goalies, keep them in games. And LaFontaine last season, he had okay numbers. The goals against was a, is a little high, 2.55 and uh, 0.9. Actually, no, I'm, I lied. Those are actually very good uh, numbers and a point, uh, 0.919 save percentage. Those are, those are very good. But also at the start of the year, Bob Motzko was playing more of freshman goalie now sophomore goalie, Jared Moe, especially at the start of the year, he appeared in 16 games. But I think now LaFontaine is going to be the guy. The goalie situation in general for the Big Ten is very, very interesting because Michigan State, they lost John Letheman. Notre Dame, they lost Kale Morris. Wisconsin, they lost Daniel Levitev, who wasn't the greatest goalie. And Penn State lost Peyton Jones. So that's going to be interesting. But LaFontaine is still a solid, solid goalie. And I don't know much about the Minnesota defense. From what I remember, they were okay in their own zone. But against a high-powered uh, high offensive team, I guess you can rely on LaFontaine. But I don't know. We'll just have to see if for this season. So I, I think their goalie situation is good. So let's bump this a little bit out to the macro now instead of kind of focusing in-depth on Minnesota here. Obviously, this is the first season, first season, the first series of the season. Obviously, you want to kind of set the table for what's going forward. And Doug and I, last week, we talked a little bit about what we were expecting in these first eight games from Penn State, the first eight that are scheduled here. Um, And we talked a little bit about what kind of, what, what success will mean in those eight games. But just focusing on this first series, these first two games, how important is it for Penn State to get off to a good start here? Like, is it's a young team? I, I Doug, it seems to me like this is this is a massively important series. Uh, I definitely agree. And um, to, kind of go, to go back a couple minutes, I did a little bit of reading and and remembering. It was like the exact same night. 
Barrett gave Lindgren the worst shift of his life, and then Lindgren got traded that same night. But he was just kind of a piece <laughs> of a, a larger deal. Oh, yeah, that, that is a fact. Um, so how, how important is this series? I'm going to stick kind of with my take from last week, and then I think if Penn State starts this slate 5-3 and three or 4-4, four and four, that's a success as long as they figure out where certain guys fit in the lineup. Now, for this Minnesota team and this specific matchup, this two-game series, I don't know. I don't know how I, how I really feel about it because Penn State, I think we can probably agree, was comfortably the better team against Minnesota last year. They had the better season, and they, they beat Minnesota head-to-head every time. But Penn State lost everybody. Minnesota brought everybody back. So I don't know if you can kind of work out the equation that way, but I imagine going into the season, Minnesota might be the better team. So a split, you know, 2-0 and would be hugely important because – I would still stick with my, then we can go two and four the rest of the, the, you know, first phase of the season. But a split, I think, would be, would be a just, I mean, that's a great start to the season. Jacob, if they're going to be able to do just that, if they're going to be able to split or they're going to be able to sweep, what, what are the keys for this Penn State team? I know we've seen this, we've seen the Nittany Lions struggle in Minneapolis before. It's on on the nice big ice rank out there. We know Minnesota has a ton of speed. It's a great, a great combination for them. They, they're really, it's like, it's one of the better home ice advantages in the conference, considering the difference in the ice compared to the other arenas. Uh, so what, I mean, what's Penn state have to do in order to find success? Score first. Look, if you're a young and inexperienced team, score first, and then focus on defense. Penn State's defense was not good last year. Like, maybe not statistically, but breakouts were horrible. Like, they, like they, sometimes they couldn't even break the puck out of the zone cleanly. And puck management was not good. Like, there were careless passes. Wings were not where they were supposed to be. So, for this, I'm going to say a split, and that's being very nice. I would not be surprised if Penn State gets swept. So... Teams, if Penn State plays Michigan or any other team in this conference, they need to score first and then focus on your defensive game. That, that's, just how you, that's just how you beat uh, more skilled teams. you got to score first, set the tone early. And I imagine a guy like Clayton Phillips is also going to be very important in this series, a defenseman with speed. Not, the, not just this series, this season. He's right. their best defenseman now. Oh, you think he's, the be- you think he's right away better than DeNaples? Yes, he Clayton Phillips is the best all-around defenseman on this team. There's no question about it. Well, Paul hey, Naples is great at defensive defenseman. Like he's great at blocking shots. He's great at putting his stick in the lane and putting his body on the line. Clayton Phillips is an elite skater like Eric Carlson. He's great in tight areas and something that Cole Holtz kind of lacked. So that's why I think. Clayton Phillips is the best all-around defenseman on this team. Well, I can't think of a better place for him to kind of stamp his name on that best defenseman on the team sheet than at his former home in Minneapolis. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to stick with you for this next one here because I'm pretty sure I know the answer to the question already. If Penn State, you've talked already about scoring first, if Penn State is to win this series, get a split, whatever it is, give me one name who has to really step up in order to make that happen. Arnie Talvedia, 
he's got so much more in him. He had six goals, 13 assists, and 19 points in 30 games. He was injured at the start of his freshman year, but I'm telling you, this guy has so much more in him. Like, he needs to score. This is probably asking a lot, but I think he could do it at least 15 goals. And that's like a 30-goal season in the NHL because each team plays 24 uh, games in conference, and that's how this year is going to play out. He's got so much more in him. He's going to get top-line minutes. He's going to be the first-line center and going to play with Alex Lomoge and probably the grad student Tim Dotry on his right. And yeah, he, he's, he's their most important forward. That he has to break out, and this could set the tone for his career going forward. If you're interested in getting more of Jacob's thoughts on Arnie Telvedia, go ahead and visit RoarLinesRoar.com. He did a great piece on him uh, that we just posted this morning being Tuesday, uh, but you can go ahead and visit and check that out more and get a little bit of a deeper read on what Telvedia can be expected to do in 2020. So it's prediction time. I know you both have already mentioned that you think a split is likely, but this is the official, your official chance to get that on the record. So Doug, What's going to happen? Well, uh, my, my take was I think a split would be nice. Now, Penn State football has really got me in a <laughs> – I hate sports. I'm never watching sports again, and I want – Don't remind want us. Guy Godowski to smack me in the head with a cricket bat type mood. But the only reason I'm not going to go Minnesota sweep here, despite I think that they're the better team, is kind of the reverse of a take we had last week. We said Penn State, they've always been great at home, struggled a little bit on the road. And now in this, with no, with no crowds, I don't think Penn State traveling to Minnesota will be as bad as I normally would. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the split, but I think maybe, maybe Penn State's loss might be a big one and its win would be a close one. I'm going to go big loss on night one, close win for Penn State on night two. Yeah. I, I think if both games stay close, then that, and no matter what the result is, that's still good because then they could keep up with fast teams. But I'm going to say a split. And again, that's being nice. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State gets swept. I agree as well. I think a split is the likely outcome here. I, I was actually thinking something similar to what Doug said about a big loss and a close win. I feel like when Penn State sweeps, that is unfortunately usually, or when they split, that is unfortunately usually the story for whatever reason. Uh, but I, I, I think... Going to Minnesota, going to Minnesota specifically, not just playing Minnesota, but going there is a tough first uh, first game draw for especially for a young team. Uh, I know we mentioned the ice before; it's just some place that's always given Penn State trouble. Uh, so I I agree. I think they lose big night one, and I think they're able to come back. And I'll I'll go with that. I'll give me an Alex Lamoge game winner, not, not necessarily in overtime or anything, but give me a game winning third period goal from Alex Lamoge to win the second game. Uh, I'll give it. Penn State three, Minnesota two there. I think that sounds good. Limoges was going to be uh, – I think he's got to be the player us to step up the most because Penn State has always – really always been able to have freshmen come in and, and contribute to, to the games and to the lineup and play a lot of minutes. But I think game one, as you said, in Minnesota, I think we need pretty much – I mean, one of, one of the most prolific scoring – players maybe the most prolific scoring player in the program history to have a hot start to the season he can't he can't really take a game or two off in this series and see if anybody else steps up I think Limoges the captain now 
I think that's he's he's going to be key to the series and kind of how he goes, the team's going to go at least early in the year. Here's a bonus question. I, I think we're all in agreement that we're going to see a lot of rotating between Oscar Adio and Liam Soulier, correct? Yeah, correct. Are we, I think it's safe to assume that they each get a start in this first series? Barring the night one starter getting a shutout. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Okay, so given that we are all expecting a split, who's getting the win? Mm. Soulier. Yeah, I would probably. I I wouldn't be surprised if Soyer pulls out on top. I don't know. It's, 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 uh, Soyer it seems he's he's used to being a starting goaltender because he was the goal he was the goalie of the year in eighteen nineteen, and Audio his entire career has been a backup. So I don't know. And when Peyton Jones came in as a freshman, he was a starter all four years. So. Nick Soyer gets the win, and Audio gets the loss. But we'll see how it plays out. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. All right. Well, even though Penn State is just starting its season in a couple of days here, the Big Ten actually already kicked off its action in Week One here. Uh, we had a couple pretty interesting results here. The first one that we saw, we saw Wisconsin go in and immediately take advantage of the fact that Kale Morris is gone and sweep <laughs> Notre Dame. They beat them two nothing and five three. Wisconsin was the worst team in the Big Ten last year and sure didn't look like it to start the season. I mean, Doug, what what did we see from Wisconsin? Well, first of all, thank goodness Kale Morris is gone because he's one of those – he's like as uh, – you know, Jacob, you could probably agree with this. I'm a Flyers fan. You're a, you're a Capitals fan. And this is like – Kale Morris was like seeing Henrik Lundqvist his whole career. Like Penn State could never score – our teams could never score on this guy, and finally he's yeah. gone. And I, and as you said, Nick, yeah, Wisconsin—they have a good play, they have a good team, a good offense, a lot of young players. They took advantage of that. I'm going to disagree with you a bit. I think he's more like 2010 Yaroslav Halak. <laughs> oh, okay. In that 2010 <laughs> series against Montreal, that yeah. was my first season. So he and he was dominant. But continue. Yeah, no, that, that, that playoff run is tough for everybody but the Flyers. But, yeah, that, that once in a while where one guy, you don't really know how good he is, but for whatever reason, he just stops every puck. That was Kale Morris. So now Notre Dame, I think they have, to, they, have to, they have to answer some questions about themselves, what they're going to do without him. So, Doug, if there's one we'll, – we'll talk about Wisconsin plenty more because Penn State will be playing them in the next series. But if there is one player that Penn State fans and just Big Ten fans in general need to watch out for, who is it? Well, I was really hoping the Flyers would draft Cole Caulfield uh, in this past draft. Uh, does anybody know his draft position? It was top 10 or top 15, 15 or 15. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a real good player. He, uh, yeah, as you said, I think, I think, Jacob, you put this in Slack or you tweeted it maybe, Cole Caulfield didn't score a goal in this series. But mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's the real deal. He's, uh, he's the player to watch out for. for well, unless he leaves this after this season, I, I'm not sure what level how ready he is for the nhl but he's going to be a guy to watch for a long time yeah that's, just, that's a oh go ahead nick I'm i was sorry. gonna say that's a good that's gonna be something interesting to follow to see how many guys jump to the nhl after this year just knowing kind of the uncertainty around college sports right now that's an interesting point go ahead jacob uh i, I think cole caulfield is a good guy he's a, he's a good guy to watch but i'm gonna talk this guy has to be watched dylan holloway what a start to his sophomore season two goals in his first two games and one of them was just a bar down 
wraparound beauty. And he was selected 14th overall by the Edmonton Oilers in this past season. He's a great young forward. He's the guy that I'm looking for because uh, now Wisconsin has some depth. Even though they lost Alex Turcotte and Keandre Miller, you know, they, they have a lot more depth. And Dylan Holloway has been excellent so far, like I said. So he's my guy to watch out for for the Badgers. And like I said, Wisconsin, they're my sleeper pick. I see them finishing fourth in the Big Ten standings. Luckily for him, drafted by Edmonton, he has a great future ahead of him with meaningless points and playoff series losing appearances in his future. (laughs) Except Uh, he gets to play with, hopefully, maybe the two best players in the league. Well, (laughs) by then, Edmonton will probably also have had like three more number one picks. So That's true. There'll be be plenty of guys (laughs) there for him. The other series that happened, Michigan swept our pseudo-conference mates, Arizona State, 8-1 and 3-0. Yikes. Michigan looks quite scary. Jacob, tell me about Michigan. They're so good. Like, from going from kind of a mediocre team last year to one of the best teams, not just in the Big Ten, but in college hockey. Like, they could win a national championship this year. They have the best class of 2020 in the country. Owen Power, a huge acquisition this guy is like victor hedman he, he has the size of victor hedman he plays like victor hedman uh oh i lost my notes here yeah oh i mean there's, there's not a lot of words that you could describe owen power really and also brendan brisson josh grohl kent johnson all these guys that have won a lot and are potentially first round picks yeah owen power the ushl defenseman of the year USHL first team all-star, USHL all-star rookie team. It, the list goes on and on. He's a stud. He, I could see him going number one overall this year. And also Michigan, for next year's recruiting class, they got uh, Luke Hughes, the brother of Jack and Quinn, oh who are both There's in the NHL. One? Yep. Jesus. They are, they're, they're America's hockey family, which is crazy, except because Quinn is the only good one right now. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> Michigan – Michigan is so good. They're so good on transition. They're, they have the stacked lineup. And Strauss, man, the, the, the guy was the first star of the week. This, this, he's the best goalie in the Big Ten. This is it. Michigan did not lose a lot this season. Well, thankfully, at least one of those two between Michigan and Wisconsin is going to get knocked down a peg or two in the next couple of days because they're playing each other in the next series. Here. Yeah, that's going to uh, be an interesting series. Also going along with them, along with Penn State-Minnesota series, uh, Michigan State will be taking on Arizona State as well. And that's what's going on in this week in Big Ten hockey. Um, And like we said, we'll be sure to talk plenty more about Wisconsin as that uh, next series for Penn State approaches. I believe that's Monday and Tuesday of next week. Is that that scheduled for? Penn State-Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Another yep. weird yep. midweek midweek series. Um, and we'll get to Michigan, Michigan State, Arizona State, and all the rest of our Big Ten foes eventually as well. So to recap, make sure you go ahead and visit the site to read all of our preview uh, predictions and all that that'll be up on RoarLinesRoar.com soon. But all three of us, myself, Jacob, and Doug, we're all predicting a one-in-one split for Penn State against Minnesota. And we all think that the one game that they win is going to go to the young freshman, Liam Soulier. Not that I think... I don't know. I I actually, I I guess I didn't actually make a pick. I could see it either way. I mean, either way, it's not like either, it's not like Minnesota really knows what to expect from either him or audio. Like 
Jacob mentioned, we've seen so little of audio, so who really knows? But um, either way, should be an exciting series. As I mentioned at the top, game one, Thursday the 19th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern puck drop on Big Ten Network. Game two, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Friday. Uh, also on Big Ten Network, which is awesome. Make sure you stick with Roar Lions Roar. Uh, maybe we'll even do some live tweeting for those games. Why not? If I mean, if they're going to be on TV and we all can watch it, we might as well. Uh, so before we head out of here, Doug, Jacob, anything else to add? No, I, nope. I am ready to get the season started. It's been way too long since uh, e- even when the NHL playoffs uh, ended, I'm like, can we please just get to college hockey now? Please, like... <laughs> It's like a part of my life was taken from me. Very much so. So, as far as I'm concerned, Big Ten hockey is the only uh, Big Ten sport that's happening. So, yeah, this is really exciting. <laughs> and for Penn State, it's the only good <laughs> sport, and that might win. No, no, Jacob, it's just the only sport. Period. Football doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. that's gonna do it for us here today, at Roar Lions Radio, the Puck Podcast. Be sure to tune into Big Ten Network and check out those games Thursday and Friday as they uh, begin their as Penn State debate. As Penn State begins its defense of their Big Ten regular season crown, be sure to stay up to date with all of our hockey content on RoarLionsRoar.com. As I mentioned before, be sure to check out Jacob's spotlight on Arnie Talvidia and what Penn State needs from him in 2020 in order to find success. And also take a look on the site for our preview of the Minnesota series in which our other new hockey writer, Michael, will make his debut on the site, or his second post on the site, but his debut writing preview. So that's always fun. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. That support is much appreciated. And if you'd like to support the show and the site in other ways, take a look at our store on RoarLionsRoar.com. Buy yourself a wonderfully comfortable t-shirt or a wonderfully comfortable sweatshirt. Uh, I think I mentioned last time the We Are Legends sweatshirt actually just got delivered to me recently. And oh my God, is it comfortable. (laughs) So if you want to go ahead and support us that way, please do. But for myself, Nick Pollock, and my co-hosts, Doug Gleason and Jacob Cheris, thanks for listening. Go State. Our theme song is Anita Bake by Kamewick. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. I need some